The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. The title of our show today is Consumer Safety. Industry on our side. In our first segment today, my guest, Tony Nacito, I'll get that right, Tony. I may have to do it two or three times. (laughs) Tony Nacito and my other guest, David Losi, and I will discuss the findings from lab tests performed on behalf of advocacy groups which continue to demonstrate an excessive amount of toxins in the products we buy. Consumer Report magazine says that according to their probing, one green charm, now pay attention to this, one green charm the size of a pea sold at a well-known retailer, and you know me now, I don't disclose names of retailers, was tested and found to contain levels exceeding 100,000 parts per million of lead. Given those levels, a child who accidentally swallowed a charm could be at risk of uh, lead poisoning. Why do we continue to get concerning toxic results in consumer products despite the growing number of industry regulations and health industry outreach. In our second segment, David Losi, partner at Goldberg Sagala, will help us understand the new conflict metals. Some of you may know this as conflict minerals. They're essentially the same thing. The new regulations and reporting industry that uh, reporting industry is required to provide This is tied into some regulations that were put in place uh, back in August of 2012 by the Security Exchange Commission, which adopted a rule mandated by the Dodd-David Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act to require companies to publicly disclose their use of conflict minerals that originated in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the DRC, or an adjoining country. I am pleased to uh, have both uh, David and Tony with us today. I'd like to start today's show by thanking our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components, LLC. Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, provides 
business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance to the European Union's restriction of hazardous substance laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about the work that BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit their website at bqpm.com. Secure Components LLC, an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standard. When you need to find quality, obsolete, or hard-to-find components, you want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about Secure Components... And what they can do for you, visit their website at securecomponents.com. I'd also like to recognize the law firm Goldberg and Zagala. Actually, it's Goldberg Zagala. I'm not supposed to put the and in the middle of there. Who is a regular contributor on my show? Today, we have David Lucy, partner with Goldberg Zagala, joining us. Welcome, David. Uh, thank you, Stan. Appreciate it. Uh, may, if I may, I'd like to give the obligatory and customary uh, disclaimer on behalf of Goldberg Sagala, and that is that the listener understands that the information provided by this broadcast or any connection thereto is not intended to be legal advice and should not be used uh, for that purpose. The listener should consult with an attorney for individual advice tailored to his or her particular situation. Any information you obtain from this broadcast uh, does not create an attorney-client relationship with me or anybody else at Goldberg Sagala. We ask that you please do not send any confidential or privileged information to anyone at Goldberg Sagala, as we cannot assume any liability or responsible for it. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, David, and I appreciate uh, you keeping us on the straight and narrow there. Uh, it's one of the promises I made to one of your other partners, uh, Frank, who also joins us occasionally. I want to get us started today, and uh, we're in three segments today. The first segment, we're going to be talking about the hazardous substances found in everyday products, consumer products. And I want to take a minute now and introduce uh, Tony uh, Nacito. Tony is a, um, a person who's dedicated the past 30 years to become a pioneer in the specialized field of uh, non-thermal EPA-approved destruction of asbestos process known as ABCOV uh, method. And uh, Tony, I'm actually going to let you uh, give us a little more explanation on your background uh, rather than me trying to get all those big words out there. Okay, Stan. Uh, thank you for having me. 
me back in a, on your show to discuss the hazardous substance free products and to discuss toxins and metals and their effects on the environment and human health. Uh, as you know, I started in the asbestos, uh, I was in the construction business all my life, and I developed a process that destroys all forms of asbestos and any asbestos containing material. And because of the myriad amount of asbestos containing materials, it took quite a number of years to see them, uh, look at them, and treat them. Although some of the process is engineering, about 80% to 85% of the process is actual physical hands-on, looking at the material, treating the material, and finding the best chemical formulations for it. Um, I think uh, what you're doing today, in my opinion, I guess all our opinion, is that corporations have a social sustainable environmental responsibility to their employees and customers, as well as society. They should not be allowed to get away without divulging the health risks used in their products, and they should strive for safety of their employees, as well as the public that use their products. Um, I, I'm going to use asbestos as an example. This is not the 1920s or the 1930s. Operations concealed the health risks of hazardous substances, such as lethal dangers of the lethal dangers of asbestos. As did the manufacturers who use asbestos in their products that have killed millions of people and will continue to kill millions of people long into the future. The manufacture of asbestos products were very politically connected, which well, which allowed them to manufacture all asbestos-containing materials into the public for building materials and many other uses. But the government was one of the biggest purchasers of asbestos-containing materials as war of the power industry. They also kept the dangers of asbestos secretive from their employees and everyone who used their products. As people were ha happy to have jobs in the, the area of the depression, they were not as environmentally aware of the dangers of asbestos as we are and were not as educated as our society today. Our society has become very environmentally conscientious about substances that affect the environment and most importantly our health. Today's sustainability and corporate social responsibility are starting to become a must. A worker right to know about hazardous substances that they are being exposed to is a law. Also, OSHA has strict regulations to special requirements for hazardous materials and any other dangers to humans uh, in the workplace, as well as the right to expect the potential human health hazards and other hazardous conditions that may appear in the workplace. But Some of the Tony, uh, California. Tony, if yes, I could, um, your work, your, your work has been. Um, some of your work was the the asbestos part, but you've also been working recently on, as I understand, some work on uh, hexylvania chromate, or chromium. Chromium, hexavalent chromium. Yeah, we have a process that will turn hexavalent chromium into uh, trivalent chromium, which is not dangerous. So, as you did with um, um, the, it does, it, the asbestos, being able to asbestos. convert that, right. convert that from a yeah. lethal or a uh, toxic material that had no home, really, to something that could be managed with, without the, um, the additional issues that come from it when it's in its toxic condition. Well, the, the, the problems that we have with hexavalent chromium is that they, they were, come from manufacturing years ago where they would take the tailings of the hexavalent chromium from uh, chrome plating 
uh, and they would dump them in the in the backyard, or they would dump them in a specific area. Uh, Port of Baltimore is one of those areas. New Jersey is another area um, where they have hexavalent chromium dumps. And what happens around these hexavalent chromium dumps is that they uh, become cancer clusters. Uh, hexavalent chromium uh, is uh, has a lot of effects on a human being that causes asthma, liver disease, skin cancer, intercardiovascular disease, and many other lethal effects on human organs were discovered uh, with exposure to hexavalent chromium. And right now in Baltimore, they're fighting to stop a building from being built through a hexavalent chromium uh, land site, landfill site, uh, which is covered with asphalt right now, and they don't want them to open it up. Uh, hexavalent chromium is a very dangerous, uh, lethal, uh, I guess, heavy metal that, that uh, can cause a lot of illnesses to different people, like I said. Uh, yeah, is, as I understand from my experience, it's also used as a common uh, coating on sheet metal and, and other products as a way of retarding the... Um, corrosion. The corrosion of those metals. Right. So, well, I assume you remember, uh, maybe, I don't know if you do or not. Yes, uh, I'm old enough to remember her. Chrome bumpers. <laughs> chrome oh, bumpers. chrome bumpers. I, I thought you were going to say Aaron Brockovich, but yeah, no. I do remember chrome bumpers as well, yes. <laughs> okay, and, and uh, you know, if you have a Harley like I had, uh, you definitely had chrome on that, so chrome plating business is still in effect, but it's much more regulated. And uh, yes, that leads me into a, a, a friend of mine is in the was in the lead smelting business, and uh, I had a long conversation with him yesterday on lead and how he how the regulations changed, and the lead smelting business is almost the same as the asbestos abatement business. They have to go through a clean room, a shower, and a dirty room, and they go into a negative air containment with the respirators to work with lead, so they they wouldn't uh, uh, breathe in the lead lead contamination. When they went to lunch, they'd have to go through the dirty room, into the shower, take a shower, go to the clean room, go to lunch, and the same thing when the shift was over. One of the good things about the lead business that you can't do in the asbestos abatement business, they would test for blood. He says that if the blood level was too high, they'd have to wait. They'd take them out of the containment, and usually it was because of the workers' negligence that the blood levels were high. They would take them out of the containment, and they would make them uh, do other jobs around the factory. He ultimately, which will bring me into cadmium, he ultimately went into the soldiers' business, and he bought into a battery recycling business, which, of course, has lead in it. And the same rules apply, even though it's in Mexico. Uh, but they do not take batteries with cadmium in them, because cadmium gets into your system. It doesn't get out, whereas the, the, the uh, lead it, it gets in your blood, but it'll, it'll eventually dissipate itself. Not in children. In children, it causes, uh, as you know, uh, uh, educational dysfunction and and brain damage, especially young kids. And I spoke to another uh, another aspect of lead and cadmium. Both is their common. Uh, one of the common uses of that is for coloring. 
Uh, it's an inexpensive way of getting colors created, uh, going from one color to another. It actually helps, as I understand, uh, reduce the cost of the coloring uh, materials and is often used even in as, as benign of uh, things as printing on cardboard boxes. Right. It's, it's uh, cadmium. Um, is, you didn't want to mention, I guess, names of where, like a Shrek cups had cadmium on them. They had a, this particular company right. that had, had, we call 12 million Shrek cups. And uh, another one had uh, jewelry that was by a famous, who's become more famous singer, uh, that sold it. Her jewelry had high levels of cadmium on it. They had to recall all that. Uh, cadmium does cause a respiratory problem. Damage to the liver or kidney. Right. Yeah, it, it is. It's something we've covered a number of different ways on, on the show here that um, there's a lot of products that are still made today, consumer products. And I'm always uh, sharing with folks, and I continue to do this, that particularly when you get into children's things where you have the low-cost um, costumes, costumes for right. Halloween, costumes for for children doing dance. And I say children. I mean, it, it goes all the way up to adults. But the one that's that troubles me the most is when I see uh, parents buying – the plastic belts, the metal belts, the metal belt buckles that have the hex chrome on them, the right. plastics that have lead or cadmium that exceeds tolerances that are safe for uh, for our children. Right. And I guess one other point, and I've shared this before on the on the radio, is that um, you know, when I was seven years old, my father was a plumber, and back in the day that I was being taught how to do plumbing which he thought would would be a good way for me to decide to do something else with my life by teaching me young how to work hard. Um, I learned how to sweat joints, uh, lead pipe joints. I learned how to put cast iron pipe together using lead. Uh, I was picking up lead ingots and carrying them around and paying absolutely no attention because Back in those days, lead wasn't really identified as uh, one of the contributors to uh, autism, uh, Asperger's, and some of the other right. things that we've identified. Um, well, it's banned today. They can't use it. And, and sweating pipes, I just had some plumbing done in my office. And they, they can't uh, do that in New York anymore? <laughs> no, they, they, they have to have less than 0.2% of Lead in the in the uh, sw- the lead sweating uh, material. Yeah, they, they did sweat pipes with. Yeah, we used to we have clamp systems now. Right. Sorry, go ahead, Jay. We we used to do it with asbestos gloves and boiling lead. Right. Tony, I really appreciate uh, the conversation, but we need to take a break here and let the okay. station identify itself and a chance for our sponsors to be uh, commented upon. We'll be back. Don't go away.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. 5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. The title of our show today is Consumer Safety, Industry on Our Side. In our first segment today, my guest, Tony Nisito, and I have been discussing the findings from lab tests performed on behalf of advocacy groups, which continue to demonstrate excessive amounts of toxins in products we buy. Uh, as I said in the opening comments, in my opening comments, advocacy groups continue to test. We we continue to see testing done, uh, and for the best uh, purposes. I mean, this this is not done just to make life miserable for manufacturers. It's really done for our safety. And that testing, both here in the United States and testing records that we've seen from Europe continue to show us that the amounts of lead and cadmium and hexylvania chromate, uh, the flame retardants referred to as PBD and PBDEs, um, as well as mercury, continue to come into a, a level that's come to us as in consumer products at a level that is really higher than what the human body uh, and our pets for that matter, should be exposed to. Uh, Tony is is 
as we said earlier, has done tremendous amount of work, particularly in, a, in the asbestos world, and is now doing work in the hex chrome area to change those products at the end of their life or when they're no longer uh, being used into a. Um, I'm not sure what do you what do you call it? It is polyvinyl chromium. Well, it, it's it's still a metal. It's still a product. So right. Is is just referred to as a well? You said it. It's trivalent instead of hexvalent. Right, which is not dangerous. Ah, got it. Okay, so we all learned something. Hexvalent chromium is very uh, poisonous, especially to the human body. Yes, causes all kinds of diseases. Right. I'd like to uh, welcome into the show now uh, David Losey. David is, as we said earlier, the uh, partner at Goldberg Segala. Uh, David's resume reads like um, somebody I wished uh, I could be, but I'll leave it at that. His legal career started in 1971, just one year after Congress created the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, as we know him as EPA. Ever since, he has been at the forefront of environmental law in Connecticut, a gorgeous place uh, to be. I'm not sure I could live there because it gets too cold for me. I'm a California guy. <laughs> in the 1970s, as special counsel to the Connecticut uh, Legislature, Environmental Legislature's Environment Committee, he was instrumental in drafting many of the state's first environmental statutes. Uh, welcome to the show, David. Uh, thank you, Stan. Uh, that uh, I can assure you, you would not like to be me at the moment because we are freezing to death in Connecticut. It is very cold. It's been a brutal uh, winter. But anyway, I, I'm delighted to be here with you. I, you know, I'm traveling back to New York on Thursday, and I thought I had postponed that trip long enough to get past coming back there in the winter. But I'm beginning to be concerned. Wear your raincoat. <laughs> oh, my raincoat. It's not going to be snow this time, huh? No, no I think we're, we're going to get rain. Um, but my environmental background is what first introduced me to this uh, area of conflict minerals in that the mining operations in certain parts of Africa were doing tremendous environmental damage, both in terms of uh, uh, deforestation and in terms of water pollution on the runoff from the mines. Uh, what I was, uh, what it took me a while to understand is the social implications of that, uh, and by that I, I refer to the old movie uh, most people have seen called Blood Diamond, uh, talking about the exploitation of people and resources to extract diamonds. Um, and uh, what was less known, less well known, is that uh, there are some very valuable minerals uh, located in Africa, which um, have caused. Uh, very similar problems. The exploitation and trade of these so-called conflict minerals uh, originating in the De uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo is it's helping to finance conflict, violence, uh, extreme levels of violence in the Eastern uh, Democratic Republic or DRC. This conflict is, uh, we believe, has claimed more than five and a half million lives since the late 1990s. Wow. Mining act activity is crucial to the economy of the Congo. However, some of the mines are controlled by militant groups 
they're causing serious social and environmental issues in the region. And these mines, located primarily in the eastern Congo, are located far from the populated areas. They're in remote and dangerous places. Uh, recent studies indicate that armed groups are present at probably better than 50% of the mining sites. And at these sites, uh, armed groups, uh, militias, uh, uh, warlords, etc., illegally impose taxes, they extort benefits, and they coerce civilians to work under horrible conditions. Uh, many of the miners, including children, are forced to work up to 48-hour shifts, or at least that's what's been reported. Um, and there have been mudslides and tunnel collapses that have killed numerous people. Uh, now, the groups that control these things and maintain the, the violent uh, uh, control are often affiliated with rebel groups, uh, often from Rwanda next door, or with the Congolese National Army itself. But violence and rape are common tools to control the local population. So the situation is every bit as bad as we saw uh, in the Blood Diamond uh, movie. Well, and there are no, no regulations uh, to speak of to uh, address these working conditions. They don't have OSHA in the uh, Republic of the Congo. Um, and if they did, uh, would the warlords obey those rules or laugh at them? Uh, the problem is one that appears to be with us as long as mining is, is lucrative. So what? we ought to look at what these metals are. Right. Uh, why, why, why can't we just stop using metals? I mean, well, would that because, create any problems? Uh, sure would, because the demand for these metals is extraordinary. Let's look at them. You've got uh, probably the, the most important is the columbite tantalite, or, or coltan, as they call it in Africa, uh, which is the metal ore from which um, tantalum is extracted. Now, that is used for capacitors. Right. Um, you know, hearing aids, pacemakers, airbags, GPS, ignition systems, uh, laptop computers, mobile phones, video games, uh, digital cameras, and because of its uh, uh, hardness and, and wear-resistant properties, it's used in jet engines and, and the turbine blades of the jet engine as well as drill bits. So that metal alone has a, has a huge demand worldwide, and especially so as the electronic revolution overtakes uh, uh, the the world in a, in ways we really didn't expect. I mean, consider the electronic impact on the or the effect of the electronics on the uh, Arab Spring a short time ago. Um, right. It's everybody's got them, and the demand is huge. Uh, and were we to to change, were somehow we able to uh, by sheer force of will impose different conditions and regulations upon the Congo? Uh, there would be a huge and severe economic impact uh, on the electronics industry, which would have an effect not only in this country, but in, in countries where, that are not as fortunate economically, where the, the increase in prices would work quite a burden. Another uh, mineral is, is uh, cassiterite, which is uh, tin, essentially, uh, which is used for solder on the circuit boards of electronics. Right. It's also used in PVC, uh, polyvinyl chloride. And it's used in a number of paints. Uh, another one is tungsten. Uh, tungsten, because of its hardness, is used in weights and golf club heads and what have you. But 
Tungsten is also used in electronic devices, including the vibration mechanism of cell phones. So here we are again. Right. Even gold, which is the fourth um, uh, mineral, is not only used in jewelry and what have you, but is used in a number of semiconductor manufacturing processes, which uh, is uh, n- not particularly well known. Uh, so there is a demand. Bottom line is that there is a huge, huge demand for these uh, minerals, and therefore there's a huge incentive uh, for the miners in the Congo to, to uh, continue producing them. But the problem spreads from the Congo because the minerals mined in the eastern Congo pass through the hands of numerous middlemen as they're shipped out because they're, they're usually processed not in Africa but in Asia. Because of this... Um, the surrounding uh, countries of Angola, Burundi, Central African Republic, the Congo Republic, which is different than the DRC, Rwanda, the Sudan, Tanzania, Uganda, and Zambia are all covered by the U.S. law, which we're about to discuss, um, but are considered part of the problem in that it's, it's uh, economically beneficial for them uh, to cooperate with this entire uh, unfortunate uh, situation. So that's the problem. We have a much desired uh, set of metals uh, that are produced under absolutely abhorrent conditions. Uh, we'd like to see it go away uh, and, and be made right, and yet uh, we couldn't afford the electronics upon which we have become dependent if that were to happen. So there's a, an economic slash moral uh, conundrum there, which is going to be resolved by people uh, who are smarter than I. Uh, I can only say we all need to talk about it and think about it. Now, if, right. if I might, we need to look at what this uh, deadline, you said we got a deadline coming up, and you're, you're absolutely right. It's in May of this year uh, for the first time. Um, and that arises from the American reaction to this conflict metals uh, problem. Now, the Europeans and the Canadians uh, have had their reaction. The way the U.S. responded to it was, in the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act. This is something addressed at the Wall Street problems of 2008. But right. in, in July of 2010, when that was signed into law, uh, there was Section 1502 related to conflict mineral sourcing. Now, the intent of that provision was to deter, through increased transparency of the sourcing practices of companies, to deter that extreme violence and human rights violation in the DRC and their neighboring countries because that um, violence and human rights violations and the mining uh, under those conditions um, is funding uh, the the militias, uh, the warlords, uh, and the people that are uh, causing these uh, extreme hardships on people. So uh, the idea is by transparency, address it. So what do we have to do? Well, it's an SEC rule. Any SEC people who are required to file with the SEC have to uh, file form SD, the new form, and a conflict minerals report for the calendar year. Now, that doesn't uh, it doesn't matter whether the fiscal year end is or the fiscal year is the same as the as the calendar year. We go by a calendar year regardless of the company's fiscal year. The first report is due on the 31st of May of this year. It is for the 2013 calendar year, 
Uh, the I can go into some of the requirements, uh, but not into great detail because it's very complex. Right. Anybody who's covered and hasn't started on it now is way behind. And please uh, pick up the pace and go for it because uh, there's a lot to do. Um, yeah, I've, I've been. I, I've okay. actually got clients in the my consulting business that are sending me queries now, saying we've got this thing called conflict mineral reporting uh can you help me get it done (laughs) i'm thinking i'm going to send them your way instead of answering that question well it's a it's a very very complex uh and and uh uh uh, fact driven uh exercise which uh, needs to be done right because all of the difficulties of doing an sec filing wrong apply and all the sanctions apply so it's serious and there may be as many as as 14,000 companies in the U.S. that in one way or another are affected by this. So let's, if we can, take a minute, uh, Stan, and talk about what is required here. Uh, can I ask really, you a question, Dave? Of course. Uh, you had, say, 14,000 companies. They're not public companies. They're private companies are affected as well. Yeah, the, the public companies have to report, but the... Right. The information that is necessary for that report uh, may very well come from pub- from privately held companies that are part of the supply chain. Uh, unfortunately, the, the manufacturers that are publicly held companies are obligated to understand their supply chain well enough to accurately report to the SEC, and that can be a challenge. So the first requirement is to, or the first step is to determine whether or not you need to comply. And that, this is a that's, little... yeah that that's a huge one uh, you know that uh, that I've noticed from the folks that have contacted me regarding that is how do you know if you if you do have to uh, do a report um, and unfortunately we've got about a minute to a minute and a half left uh, so I'm not sure how in depth we can get but let's see what we can do okay there are three steps first of all is your um, uh, are using are you using conflict metals? And if so, are they necessary to the functionality or production of a product manufactured or contracted to be manufactured by you? If so, you're in. Okay. Second step. Second step. Determine the origin of your conflict material. Did it come from a DRC or DRC uh, com- companion uh, nation? Um, and if it did. Uh, can you prove that it did not directly or indirectly finance or benefit the armed militias? If that's it, then you, will you take that information and you file your disclosure in your annual report and on your website, but you have to show your work. That's basically what the, what the materials say. You have to show your work. Wow. And if you can't show that you are uh, free of DRC conflict-free materials, then you have to do a supply chain due diligence, not an origin, country of origin due diligence, but a supply chain. You have to look at uh, whether or not you obtained this, uh, you know, whether or not it, it, it uh, is pure in its, uh, in its uh, chain of custody so you know for sure uh, where this came from, and you have to have that certified by an independent uh, private sector auditor. You then furnish that auditor's report as an, as an exhibit to your Form 10-K, uh, and you disclose the auditor's conclusion in your annual report 
and on your website. Now, that is a, a quick run through it. The difficulty yeah. here is that the warlords know doggone well that this process is in place, and they are fabricating documents. So if you're a CEO of a company in the United States and you're trying to verify your supply chain and verify your country of origin, and you know that there are printing presses running in Africa uh, cranking up false documents so that they can sell their product, their material to you without your knowing where it came from, then you've got headaches, headaches of the first order. Uh, wow. So it, it's not to be taken lightly. It's a scary proposition because the sanctions from the SEC are sincere, as, as you know. They're very serious. Yeah. So got to do it right. Okay. Uh, David, we're going to take a quick break here uh, for station identification and uh, to recognize our sponsors. And we'll be right back and uh, we, we'll move into a wrap-up. So if you would, David, think about the one or two most important things that uh, our listeners need to know. Tony, as well, if you'll take a minute to think about that, we'll be right back, folks. Thank you, Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at eccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at eccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. The title of our show today is Consumer Safety, Industry on Our Side. 
My guests, Tony Nacito and David Losey, and I have been discussing the work they are doing to address the management of hazardous substance disposal and how industry is dealing with the new reporting requirements related to conflict metals. Uh, while we could go on talking about this subject for hours, uh, our time is unfortunately limited and coming to an end. I'd like to ask uh, David and Tony, uh, one at a time actually, to give us their closing thoughts. You know, as, as David was just talking, uh, we have new regulations, we have things coming up, and uh, we're in uncharted waters here as well with the work that uh, Tony is doing. So without further comment from me, I'd like to turn the mic back over to David. And uh, David, I'm intrigued. As I mentioned to you when we were on break, I'm going to stop doing anything with uh, conflict minerals or materials and send my clients your way. <laughs> well, I think we, we, have to, uh, we have to continue our lives. We have to push on. We're going to, to learn how to deal with this uh, unfortunate situation. When the filings occur in May of this year, I think we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn from each other and from our, our co-filers. Um, and it's important to have a look at that. Um, it's also important to understand what is going on in Africa and how important and how careful your due diligence has to be. And if there's one, uh, there are two pieces of advice. One is, for heaven's sakes, uh, if you've got the file, get your consultants lined up now. You, lo- not lawyers that know this area, um, engineers or, or other consultants that can help you track these things, accountants that can, that can do this tracking uh, with you. And create a, a conflict minerals decision tree, a flow chart, if you will. I've done this for a couple of, uh, of clients. They're different. There isn't a one-size-fits-all. But take what you do and take the Dodd-Frank Section 1502 and create your own decision tree. And that way you have something to refer to. And every question that comes up, you can go back to your decision tree and be reasonably uh, certain that you're on target. If you don't do that... Uh, the way uh, 1502 is written, I think you'd come back on yourself and come back on yourself and drive yourself absolutely nuts. So my my uh, uh, advice is uh, surround yourself with, with competent advisors and, and prepare a decision tree uh, as quickly as you can. Very good. Thank you very much, David. Uh, Tony? Uh, and hazardous materials and, and uh, hazardous uh, substances in our... our uh, products, uh, I think there's two directions our society must implement. The first being circular economy, what comes out of the manufacturing of a product and its end life, uh, life should be able to be put back into the same manufacturing of the same or similar pro- project products. And uh, the second being cradle-to-cradle product standards. On this subject, I have to quote Mr. William McAdonoghue, uh, uh, an architect of sustainable development. With cradle-to-cradle approach, the products we make are divided into three categories, products of consumption, products of service, and product and unmarketable un- products. Products of consumption such as cleaning chemicals, shampoos, packaging materials should be made of biological nutrients so they create a health, no health risks, pollution or waste throughout the life cycle. Products of service, service such as cars, washing machines, and televisions will continue technical nutrients that will are wholly and cleanly reclaimed and recycled end, endlessly. And the un, 
marketable products include things like hazardous waste that cannot be consumed and used in an environmentally sound way, these should be discontinued and substituted. The companies that follow these guidelines will become financially stronger, supporting a good environment, show social responsibility, and most importantly, provide a green, safe environment for our children and our grandchildren to grow up in. And that's my closing statement. Thank you very much, Tony. And I, again, thank both you and David for uh, sharing your time with, with our audience today and the valuable information. Uh, we don't mean to scare folks on this radio show. We mean to bring people together, share our knowledge, and create a safer environment for us all. We work primarily in the hazardous substance, uh, toxic substance area and as well in the counterfeit uh, environments, or if you will, counterfeit mitigation detection uh, areas, trying to uh, reduce, if not eliminate those. As you've undoubtedly heard over the airways uh, in recent weeks now, there are a number of things that go on that are questionable relative to uh, the various products we use every day. And when failures occur, it's sometimes concerning uh, whether or not the product actually failed because of a design flaw or whether it was a counterfeit product or something similar. I'd like to encourage my listening audience to, uh, to send us questions. Send me questions. It helps make the show better if we can address your thoughts, your desires, your concerns and things you want to know. You can do that by sending me an email uh, to stan.salot at eccorp.org or simply go to our new website, stansalot.com. On one of the pages, you can contact me and provide, uh, there's a way to provide your questions through, uh, again, that's stansalot.com.com. Let me know what you're thinking so I can uh, continue, continue to try and improve the, uh, the information we share. I also want to thank our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management and Secure Components, LLC. Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, provides business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program, which is used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance to the European Union's Restriction of Hazardous Substance Laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Many of these same requirements you'll find in various states throughout the U.S., uh, California perhaps being one of the more uh, aggressive in this area, the controls through the California EPA and uh, various advocacy, advocacy groups uh, continue to stress the importance of hazardous substance-free consumer products. You can learn more about the work that BQPM does on their website. That can be found at www.bqpm.com. Secure Components, LLC, 
an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components was the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ, which is uh, the acronym for International Electrotechnical Commission for Quality and Reliability of Components, the CAP, their Counterfeit Avoidance Program, Certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081. That's a U.S. international standard specifically designed to address the electronic components used and particularly used in our military, aerospace, and avionics uh, industries. When you need to find a quality obsolete or hard-to-find component, you certainly want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about Secure Components and what Secure Components can do for you, visit their website at www.securecomponents.com. I'd also like to recognize and once again thank David for his contributions on the show and the law firm of Goldberg Zagala. Uh, Goldberg Zagala is a regular contributor on the show. We often we we have various uh, folks from Goldberg Zagala on the show and working in the expertises that they work in, and you can tell they certainly do know what they're talking about. And David, is you're still you're still out there with me, right? Yes, sir. Yes, I, I do again appreciate uh, you taking the time today. Um, hopefully, it kept you inside and a little bit warmer up there in Connecticut. I'm I'm pleased to have the opportunity. It was a pleasure to be with you, Stan. Well, we we appreciate all that uh, you folks do uh, with us and uh, helping our audience understand what's what's happening in the world today. And uh, Tony as well, uh, this is the second time we've been privileged to have you on the show, and we thank you. Uh, can I thank David for, for giving us that information? I think it's a big job that uh, he has to move forward on what, what he needs to do. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks, yeah. I, I wish you a lot of luck. I think it's, <laughs> I think, I think it's I going to be a mess in a minute. The mess in the beginning until you can really sort it out, which I think is really difficult to do. But my well, experience we, enough. We we can solve the whole problem, and I'll and I'll close that this part of the show by saying we can solve the whole problem by getting rid of all the electronics and everything it takes to make them. <laughs> uh, now, if I'm not off the air before I finish this, let me finalize uh, my comments by recognizing our supporting staff for making the show work. From Voice America, we have Brandy Jackson, General Manager. We have Robert Cellino, my executive producer, Randy Jackman, Production Manager, Jesse Gerstel, our Director of Host Services, Brooke Ida, Marketing and Social Media, and Yulia Coach, who is with Coach, is actually Coach Branding, and People to People Production Manager. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and remind them that they can make a difference in the fight against hazardous substance and counterfeit products. Pay attention to what you're doing. Check out the products you're buying. 
and insist on hazardous and substance uh, hazardous substance and counterfeit free products. I look forward to seeing you all again next week at the same time on the same station. This is Stan Salat signing off. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. We'll be right back.